This podcast discusses violence, drug use, and other adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Breaking Pod, everybody. We are talking today about Season 2, Episode 9, Four Days Out. Zach, how are you doing? I am doing great, Josh. This is a fantastic episode. One of my favorites of this season, at least. Uh, so many so many good moments in this. So many uh, beautiful uh, shots as well. Absolutely. And, and to come on the heels of such a great episode, Better Call Saul, Season 2, Episode 8, it's perfect. I, lo- I love this. So, so can we talk briefly about the title four days out? What do you think that means? So I was, I was giving this some thought and, you know, I think that what I landed on, it it probably has more than one meaning, but the most obvious meaning is that they're going to go out into the desert. They're going to cook for four days. They're four days out, you know, out of the, you know, realm of, of normal life. And they're going to just buckle down and, and cook meth to try to sell later because basically Walt finds out at the beginning of this episode that he has very little little time to live and he realizes that he hasn't saved almost any money for his family which is why he got into this in the first place and he decides that he needs to you know make a dent in that savings that he wants to give to his family and so he forces jesse to go out and into the desert and so that that's i think the most obvious reason did you have something else you were thinking about yeah, I mean, it might be reading a little bit too much into it. You know, when, we when love you, doing that here. I know. We uh, when you say you know so many days out, you're talking generally about a count. I think generally about a countdown to a momentous event yep. of some sort. Yeah, I thought that too. Could be bad news. Could be good news. I think the four days out at the beginning is a countdown to the news that he gets about his cancer progress or lack thereof at the end of the season, and so we're on this four day countdown to that. Obviously, the the primary reason or the primary uh, purpose of this is the four days out that he's out there in the wilderness cooking meth. But I think you know, it, given the uh, the retrospective that we have at the end of the episode, when we find out that his cancer is actually responding to treatment, et cetera, uh, we now realize that that's like four days out of his life, right? Like it's four days he went off into the wilderness without his family, and now he's out four days. You know, um, right. I don't know. That was that was me reading maybe a little bit. Uh, too much into it. I did a quick, quick, uh, what the Ringer Rewatchables crew would call a half-ass internet research uh, <laughs> session to try to see if this is a like this is a phrase in the vernacular anywhere. And it's you know as soon as you search four days out, all that comes up that I could find is the Breaking Bad episode. So it doesn't seem to be like a a common phrase in in the parlance anywhere. Was that also a subtle reference to your other podcast vernacular? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, go go, uh, go listen to that wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> yeah. So should we jump into the two minute summary here? Yeah, let's do it. You want to read it? You okay. want me to? This is just from I'll, Wikipedia, folks. So I'll read this one. Right, I'll read this it. one. Uh, so yes, again, from Wikipedia, this is what they say about this episode. Walt is convinced that his medical condition is deteriorating. And I should point out that what he sees is he's basically getting his scan at the hospital and he he like looks over the shoulder it's, of the it's technician. <laughs> yeah, and he sees this big mass. And what I what I find funny about that in particular is I think we've all done something like that. Now maybe not on this great of a scale. We have can not all of us have cancer. Thank thank goodness. But um, you know, like we've all like read something, read too much into something we've gotten from the doctor, or you know, we've gone on WebMD, which is like the worst decision ever when you're feeling sick. Yes. And so, yes, I can see why he might look at his scan, not knowing anything medically and think that he might be dying. Anyway, he continues to have coughing fits and is now coughing up blood. 
He obviously thinks this is a bad sign. After his attorney slash advisor Saul crunches the numbers, Walt realizes that there isn't much money left for his family. With an excuse of visiting his mother, he and Jesse set off for the desert for a marathon cooking session over an extended weekend. Jesse continues to cause trouble for them, this time by leaving the keys in the ignition and inadvertently draining the RV's battery. They find themselves stuck in the middle of the desert, cold and without food and water. Walt's knowledge of chemistry again saves the day. I love how like sprite these these Wikipedia <laughs> summaries yeah, are. I was gonna say like just that final sentence. Walt's knowledge of chemistry <laughs> again saves the day. It's just it's yeah. like so such an understated way of explaining what happens through like basically half of the episode as they're exactly. trying to solve this problem. Exactly. All right, we can talk about all of that. Uh, let's go to broader thoughts and themes before we jump into the best scene, best moment, best writing. Okay, so you had put on the outline here that, you know, this episode was very critically acclaimed when it came out, and for good reason. It has a lot of the hallmarks that we've come to know from Breaking Bad, the austere desert landscape, the awkward group scenes with prolonged silences, which are some of my favorites, just from an audience perspective. Yeah, totally. You know, Walt lying to his family, the family wrestling with cancer, Jesse being boneheaded, Zach, did you have any favorite parts of this episode that you wanted to point out? Well, real quick, I'm not a filmmaker like you are, Josh. Uh, you know, I have I have some desire not to necessarily be a filmmaker, but maybe to be involved in the creative process of films sure. one day. And uh, I think one of my signatures as anyone involved in that would be extended looks at people sitting around <laughs> with each other doing nothing. And I yeah. say that like kind of tongue in cheek. It is like it's a little bit sarcastic. But I will say also, I find these scenes very emotionally powerful because we're watching these people sit around in situations that we can imagine ourselves being in someday maybe we've been in them and the silence just it it allows you to sort of cogitate on what's happening and just and think through it a little bit um there's there's time in a slow scene or a slow developing scene like that for the viewer to think what would i be thinking here or what does this look of the eye from this person to that person mean to me or to to the recipient etc i just i really find those scenes in a strange way kind of gripping and and one show that does this very well i think is the crown um that has a lot of these kind of drawn out longer uh more artistic scenes where where the the viewer is drawn in uh almost pulled into the scene with the uh with the cast and what i think is great about those is that you don't always have the ability to to do those kinds of scenes in every show, but but one that has sort of the long leash that Breaking Bad has, or you, your example, The Crown, the people making The Crown know that they're going to have another season. So they're not worried about making every episode this fast-paced, crazy thing, which we do get some of that in this episode. We get some very fun moments, but because they kind of know that they're building to something, they um, they have the ability to sort of let some of those moments sit a little bit more. Now, if you're making a movie or you're doing something shorter, you don't always have those moments. So I agree with you. They're very powerful. And, you know, it's great that this show was able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'll just go back to the Tom Hagen, Vito Corleone reference in the previous episode from Saul Goodman to Walt. Uh, there is kind of a, um, there's a, there's sort of a, like a, a mafia vibe to this and that it does yeah. have like the, the complex family and interpersonal dynamics, the uh, kind of extended interpersonal scenes. And then it has like the really flashy action where people are shooting guns and, and dying. Um, and that's, I think, one of the things that makes the, the kind of virtuosic range of Breaking Bad so impressive to me as a viewer because it has all of those things. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, so you noted on the the outline here is that one of your favorite parts of the episode is that it begins with urgency. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, we are we we start the episode called Four Days Out, right? And we see Walt coughing up blood. Um, as a viewer, you know this is not the finale, but if you didn't know that, you might think, oh, is, is this the finale? Are we four days out from him dying? Because this looks really bad. We find out, or he finds out, that he needs more money for his family. He basically, I think at this point, is assuming that he's, uh, you know, maybe not literally four days out, but he's, he's some number he's of... He's close. He's some number of small and finite days out <laughs> from his death. Uh, and so he, this is what kind of spurs him on to do this. Um, so it's very urgent. And then at the end of the episode, we find out that actually his cancer is responding very well. That scare that he had interpreting his own scan results, um, you know, it turns out he's not a doctor. And so he didn't know how to interpret those correctly. Uh, that was just some, you know, inflammation from the treatment itself. But the cancer itself has shrunk to, I think, by, by 80%, I think is the number, Josh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, far better results than the doctor had even hoped for. And this is astounding news. And it, he basically uh, has, you know, has another. Uh, chunk of time to spend with his family so he goes off and does these reckless things in the desert almost gets himself killed all so that he could come back having lost four days with his family and find out that he didn't need to do that at all and i find this this kind of circle that's completed by the end of the episode to be very uh, compelling uh very tragic and in a way very dark as well uh, i think it's i think it's just masterfully portrayed in that way I totally agree. And the other thing that I will point out is that I love that they finally explain why he's coughing up blood, because I think I had this question when we were talking about season one, like he kept coughing and coughing yes, and then there definitely. was blood. And I was like, what is this real? Is this really going on? And it turns out, yeah, had we an, had this conversation. Yeah. It turns out he has an inflammation as, as you said, and that's causing him to cough up blood because you know, there's, there's some, it's like an esophageal some, yeah, tear or something. I think, yeah, I think yeah exactly. Says. So I'm glad that they explained it in sort of a medical way because now I can be at ease that they did their research. Well, yeah, I mean, it would have been weird for the doctor to be like, no, you're getting better. I don't know why you're coughing up blood, but yeah. you know, your x-ray looks good. Uh, so it's terrible doctor and, and <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to be the best one in, in all of the land. Right, yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. Should we do, uh, the next stuff? Yeah, let's get into best scene. Zach, why don't you kick us off with what your best scene is? Yeah, so this is not one that I am going to play a clip of because one, it would take too long, and two, there's absolutely no dialogue. But my best scene of this film is about a, a 90 to 100 second montage of the cooking in the desert. So um, Walt and Jesse go out there to cook, and we get these, um, these kind of like interspersed shots of the New Mexico desert landscape beautiful you know at some points we have like blue sky with the cumulus clouds high above just dotting the sky and then other points we have walt and jesse taking a break in their lawn chairs that they brought along and the sun is setting behind them and it's just absolutely gorgeous stuff and then uh the other scenes we have are from inside the rv they're mostly close-ups of the actual chemistry processes some really cool shots there's one uh camera angle looking up through a glass pyrex as they pour the blue fluid into it um, other ones where the, you know, the vapors are rising in, in beakers or, uh, reflux condensers or whatever, whatever they are that, that they're using. Uh, and it's just a really, really cool collection of shots that I think, uh, is, is masterfully done and kind of the highlight for me, visually speaking of this episode. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm not a huge fan of montages because it feels like they're cutting corners, but I think in this case, we already know what the process is of them making the meth. So we don't necessarily need to see them 
step by step. And so what you right. get instead is this really artistic portrayal of what they're doing. And then by the end of that montage, you find out they've cooked a lot. I mean, a lot of meth and basically what amounts to, I think something like $600,000 worth of product that they're going to sell. $672,000 each. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My memory wasn't that far off. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, well, oh, oh yeah. It was way off actually. It was like half as much because they get, yeah, they each, each yeah. get that well, much. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll play a little bit later. I've got a, a scene I want to play related to that. But I mean, Jesse is astounded at this number, which is funny that he had no, like he wasn't even in the right order of magnitude for how much money they'd right. be making from all this work. I mean, Jesse's hilarious. Right, exactly. All right, well, my favorite scene in in this episode is, you know, as the Wikipedia article failed to point out, the back half of this episode is basically, you know, trying to problem solve how they're going to get out of the desert because Jesse lets the RV die by leaving the keys in the ignition and then they've got to figure out how they're going to, you know, kickstart the battery and and get back to civilization. Otherwise, they're going to die because they try to call I can't it was it Skinny Pete that they try to call in this episode and yes. he's like yep. he gets totally lost like he might be in another state for all we know like he, <laughs> who knows they try to give him directions to this random part in the desert and he can't find them anyway so basically they're trying to figure out a way to to uh to to get the battery working their generator has exploded they've lost all their water and Jesse is now spouting some ideas about what they could possibly do when they think that maybe this is the end. How about you take some of these chemicals and mix up some some rocket fuel? That way you can just send up a signal flare or you make some kind of robot to get us help or a, or a homing device or build a new battery or... Are we, no. What if we just take some stuff off of the RV and build it into something completely different <laughs> you know like a, like a doom buggy you know that way we can just doom buggy her this, I think this is just this is just perfect it's, it's so perfect it's so perfectly jesse i love it and we don't have time to play the natural follow-on to this but uh if you're listening to that and you have you know an ounce of intelligence you can discern what are the good and bad ideas there you know, obviously up. the best idea is the dune buggy. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, Walt clues in on the battery, right? There is a chemical way to replicate a battery. And so uh, when he, when he starts, you know, saying instructions for what he needs, Jesse's like, what, what are we doing? And Walt's like, you said it yourself. And Jesse's like, a robot. <laughs> <laughs> As if he thinks that's going to solve the problem. It's it's yeah, so great. Like what, what kind I, of robot is going to get them out of that situation? What I love about this, and, and some people might say, okay, the writing's a little too cute here. It's, you know, it's like, it's a little too on the nose, like that he would just come up with this idea. But what I love about this is that it so, so perfectly fits his character. Like these are all the things he would think about, you know, and the fact that half of them are ridiculous, it's, it's, you don't even blink your eye. You're like, that's Jesse. And yeah, it's exactly. just great. It's just great that Walt then picks up on something that they're able to use. So that that's why I picked it as my best scene. Yeah, I mean, this is this this is the same guy who leaves the keys in the ignition. And then when he's like, you know, the buzzer didn't buzz, so right. it wasn't a problem. Did you hear the buzzer buzz? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's perfect. So should we move on to best writing? Yes, um, I'll start with this one. Uh, my my sound clips for this episode are not interesting at all. I don't have one for this again. And in fact, there's not even dialogue here. So. Um, best writing, it might be a little bit of a stretch for this category. Uh, might have been a better fit for best moment, perhaps, but I'm happy with my best moment selection as well. Anyway, 
So best writing to me at the end, when I say writing, uh, Josh, you have to let me know if I'm cheating here. There's no dialogue, but the writers of this episode quite clearly wrote this into the, uh, into the script, right? That he would do this. So he's in the bathroom after getting this great news about his diagnosis, that his cancer is responding to treatment. And the doctor, you know, sees no reason why uh, it won't continue to respond well. And at, at, for the moment, at least, he has, you know, a, an indefinite lifespan. There's no, um, there's no timetable on his death because the cancer is getting better. And he goes to the bathroom. We think maybe he's going to, like, collect himself, maybe shed some tears, etc. Washes his hands pretty intentionally, kind of carefully, as, as Walter, White, uh, Walter White tends to do. Uh, dries them with a paper towel and then he sees his own reflection in the paper towel dispenser and he just beats the snot out of the metal paper towel dispenser denting it disfiguring it so that now his reflection in the paper towel dispenser is disfigured itself it's a really remarkable scene that packs a lot of ideas and i think and for me it was just like whoa there's a lot going on here this is impressive yeah i actually had this in my my notes about how you know his the, his image is distorted after he after he exactly. punches it and i think i was trying to think like why would someone do this why would someone you know punch over and over and i think part of it is that you know walt as a character has really shut himself off from from his family you know he shut himself off from from reality in the sense that he thinks he can just get away with with you know cooking meth and never having any consequences and i think one of the things is that he punches the the paper towel holder because he wants to feel something and he has it you know you can imagine if you punch something metal over and over and you even see his knuckles they're completely raw by the end of his little punching fit here like he i think as a character he just it's one of those like visceral things where he just wants to feel anything at all and that's the way that he chooses to do it yeah i think that might be part of it my interpretation was that he is angry with himself i think that's you know he sees his own reflection and that's what kind of triggers his outburst on the paper towel dispenser but he's angry with himself probably for a number of reasons but foremost is that he has thrown away everything he ever thought he believed as far as his moral compass was concerned for the sake of getting money to take care of his family after what he saw as his inevitable and impending doom. <laughs> and now yeah, that's, I, that's, I see that's, that. that's no longer there. And what does he have now? He has, you know, a, uh, he has dead crazy eight, right. That he killed in the basement. Uh, he has lives that he's tearing apart through manufacturing and distributing, um, you know, kilos and kilos of methamphetamine. Uh, he's in business with a crooked lawyer. I mean, like all of these things, he lies to his family repeatedly. All of these things are what he has to show for uh, his cancer that's responding to treatment now. Yeah, I want to correct one thing you said. That's that's two-time MVP crazy eight to Oh, you. excuse me. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will also say that I, I totally see that, but I would just offer a counterpoint. And I'm glad that we're sort of, uh, you know, like going back and forth on this because sometimes we just tend to agree because yeah. the show is, is, is great. But I, I think that at this point, I think he's more... I just don't think that he's necessarily mad at the choices that he's made because I think that, you know, one of the things we learn later in the series, and I won't spoil anything specifically, but you start to see that Walt really enjoys the power that he gets 
And we've already seen it a little bit, you know, when he, I'm thinking about the scene when he meets the, the, you know, skinny Pete and Badger at the museum to like give them instructions. And he's, he's got his hat on and his glasses on and he's Heisenberg. And he has a sense of power there that I think he really thrives on. And so I think that, you know, I, I, I just don't necessarily buy the fact that he's upset that he's wasted time with his family or that he's he's grown apart from them in fact the very first scene we see in the whole series he's not really connecting with his family you'll remember his 50th birthday breakfast scene with the vegan bacon like even there he's not necessarily connected with his family so clearly there was a split before this so i don't i don't have a better answer than what you gave in terms of like why he other than the he wants to feel something but you know, I just, for some reason, I'm not seeing the, the idea that he's mad at himself. Yeah, well, I think there's a, maybe a third interpretation that is closer to yours than mine, but it occurred to me as you were talking, Josh. I wonder if maybe it's not so much about him wanting to feel pain per se, but being upset that the news, the good news from his doctor didn't make him feel the way he expected it to make him feel. Mm, yeah, that you makes know? a lot of sense. So like if he's gotten all this fulfillment from being bad <laughs> from breaking bad and from becoming right. a drug kingpin. Um, and he's told himself the lie that it's all for his family. You would expect if you're in his position that once you, once you find out that, Hey, you could live another 50 years with your family. This is wonderful. Right. You'd be like, ah, oh, you know, the, a great burden is lifted off me, but maybe it's not. And maybe that, that hunger and that kind of desire for power uh, and money is still there. And maybe that's what kind of makes this anger well up inside him. But let, let's keep this in mind, these three kind of interpretations as we go forward in the season, because uh, the subsequent episode, I think, might shed some light on on those interpretations and help us kind of to figure it out. I don't remember the next episode super well. We'll have to watch it um, in preparation for uh, next week's episode. But I have a feeling we might get a little bit of insight into that. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, let's move on to my best writing here. And this is this comes towards the beginning of the episode. But Walt is, you know, he's he's gotten his what he thinks is bad news maybe he's not entirely sure he doesn't know what he interpreted from his scan so he decides they need to have this marathon cooking session and he's trying to get in touch with jesse and he calls him and this is the beginning of that conversation this is uh this is where jesse channels his inner art critic smoking marijuana eating cheetos and masturbating do not constitute plans in my book screw you and your book man all right i'm going to a museum in santa fe not like you need to know Going to a museum, huh? Yeah. Georgia O'Keeffe. Georgia O'Keeffe? She's a painter. Duh. She does these vagina pictures or paintings or or just painted. I don't know. What are you even talking about? Look, man, why am I even explaining myself to you, all right? I, it's, it's not your damn business what I'm doing. All you need to know is I ain't cooking or shopping or whatever the hell. Look, let me explain something to you. You and I need to cook through to next Tuesday. Tuesday, four days straight. Like it or not, we have no choice. So the thing I really like about this writing is that it's just another great example of the father-son relationship between Jesse and Walt. I mean, this is like, I think every father and son have had a conversation like this where the dad is saying, we need to do this, you must do something, and the the child doesn't even have to be father-son, it could just be father-child, but the child is like, actually, um, I am doing my homework, and I'm doing a really good job, and I'm learning about history. It's so true. So there, I can't do what you want me to do. I can't mow the lawn. You know, it's not, thankfully, it's not always about, you know, cooking meth, but the, I feel like this this conversation is just a perfect example of 
something that every child has had with their parent. And it's just another great example of the relationship that Walt and Jesse have because Walt thinks he can control Jesse. And Jesse is trying to tell him, like, actually, you can't. I'm an adult and I want to go to this museum with my girlfriend and you can't stop me, which he ends up yeah, doing we, what we, Walt wants. We know how that argument ends. <laughs> yeah. But I, I also think that I also chose it as my best writing because it's just funny. Like, it's it's not only true to life, like, the audience can look at that and be like, yep, I've had moments like that. But it's also, it's funny. Like, it's a humorous situation that we can laugh at. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And that uh, leads me to talk about our two best moments as well both of which are funny in i think different ways the one is uh ironic and the one is just comedic but my best moment is right after um well you know what how about i just play it this is my best moment this is uh while they're in the rv they just finished the at least the first batch of their cook six hundred seventy two thousand dollars all of it no each 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 six hundred and seventy-two thousand dollars each. Each. Yes. Hell yeah. Hey, come on, baby. Come on. Yes. Come on. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, there goes the generator. So there goes the generator right after they finished and are celebrating their staggering success the generator goes out and as we come to find out it's not just the generator uh but also the entire rv and then they are stranded and eventually think that they're dying out there so uh a uh, a dark humor i guess you could say josh yeah no it's a it's a great moment and i think it it's also true to life you know some of our highest highs come with the lowest lows and i think that's just very much true to life so my best moment in in this episode is just another and, and Frankly, it's just a short, funny moment. It's another great Jesse line. So let's just hear that now. Good. And now, what shall we use to conduct this beautiful current with? Hmm? What one particular element comes to mind? Hmm? Hmm? Uh, Iron. Iron. Uh, copper. It's that's one of those that is it's funny listening to it. It's even funnier when you see it because Walt is basically waving the copper wire in front of Jesse's face and saying, what element comes to mind? (laughs) He goes, oh, wire. Yeah, he basically has two choices, wire or copper. He only has one right choice, which is copper, and he gets it wrong. I believe which is just um, great. I believe wire is represented in the periodic table of elements as the giant W. Is that right, Josh? <laughs> that's right. I believe that's correct. <laughs> so yeah, this is just great because wait, is W tungsten? I believe uh, W is tungsten. Let's which, let's find out. You're exposing my lack of chemistry, but let me find out. Let me see if I remember that from my my yeah, college I'm chemistry be courses. If you got this right, let's see. Tungsten on the periodic table. You can you can go ahead and riff. I'll let you know what we come yeah, up with. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it so there is. Re- oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Number seventy four on the periodic table. W is tungsten. Wow. My one semester of organic chemistry has come in handy. No kidding. Well done, right. Josh. The reason that I like this this moment, other than the fact that it's just funny, is because we sort of get teacher Walt to come out a little bit, and I think it's partly that the fact that they're they're all delirious from like almost dying and having no water, but. I just think it's it's great. Like we haven't really seen true teacher Walt since the beginning of the series. We've seen a couple snips here and there, but 
it's great to, to see that element and that side of his character come back a little bit. Yeah, I completely agree. Zach, did you have any nits to pick from this episode? You know, I was thinking through it. I don't think I do, actually. This, this might be my first nit-free episode. Uh, what about you? Is there something oh, okay. I missed? So, so I will say the one thing that I almost had as a nit was, was how, um, how uh, Jesse's conversation about you know, making a robot and stuff. It did seem to be a little bit over the top. But yeah. you convinced me with your discourse about how that was pretty in character and on point for Jesse. And so I withdrew my nit nomination for that scene. Well, I'm going to throw three knit nominations right at you. Oh my here. goodness! I clearly missed some stuff. Then three. Wow. Two of two of them are small, and one is just uh, it just bothered me so much. So okay. the, the first the first one small is that at the beginning of the episode, Walt sits full pants on a public toilet. Disgusting. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. I don't care how <laughs> sick you are. That is just not something anybody should or would ever do. Yeah. So much. so yeah. that's that's number one. Uh, other small nitpick is that when he is in the airport or when he's going to the airport he gets out of the car skylar drops him off um there is nothing in that suitcase it is empty and i hate this i hate this in movies they don't even make it they don't even make an effort like stuff it with just random wardrobe from the from the show i don't care make it look like it's full but he's like lifting it like it's weighs nothing which it does because there's nothing in there. Counterpoint, what if it is actually supposed to be empty because he's lying to Skyler and isn't actually bringing anything? Well, yes, that's true, but... He's probably he bringing stuff, be, though, right? He's bringing overnight. Yeah, he, yeah okay. I mean, he, he's going to sleep in an RV. He's got to right. bring something. Yeah. So, okay, my third... He can't use pick. a reflux condenser to change, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. My third nit to pick, and this is my bigger one, is I, I was watching this episode and... You know, he gets to the part at the end of the episode with the doctor all sitting around with the doctor. He's giving them the news and he really beats around the bush here. He goes, remission doesn't mean that you're cured. So, yeah. And then he got, and then there's like a sad face and then sad faces all around the room. And then he's like, but wow, actually your tumor is reduced by 80%. Congratulations. It's like this doctor sucks. Okay. If you had a doctor like that, that is awful. I hated that. Yeah, that's I. <laughs> now that you mention it, you're absolutely right. That scene is a little bit, uh, a little bit drawn out in an unnecessarily painful way for the entire audience. And I really I, think that the actor is just milking his time because yeah. he's like, I'm only in a couple episodes of Breaking Bad, the greatest television show ever. I've really got to milk this. Very possible. This is his ticket to stardom, perhaps. Exactly. We'll have to look up what he did uh, since this. Probably nothing. Yeah, probably. Probably, probably very little. I'll, uh, I'll look it up now while uh, you give your MVP vote. Yeah. Okay. So MVP for this episode, I think that there's, there's really only two choices in my opinion. I think it's either between Jesse or Walt. They're the main two drivers of this episode, but because of all the amazing stuff that he gets to do, I have to give this one to Jesse. I just feel like he drives the episode, you know, both with it with his humor and his sort of, you know, like trying to be independent away from Walt. And I just feel like he delivers in this episode um you know more than walt does did you have the same idea or, or a different mvp um i'm gonna go with the oncologist just wow kidding. <laughs> just kidding no i had the same exact uh idea as you uh, unfortunately we will not be interesting and differ on this one it's really hard to go against jesse i mean as you said it has to be either walt or jesse in this just because of how central they are to this um you know saul makes an appearance um hank marie uh, Skyler all make brief appearances in, you know, the waiting room or the doctor's office, as it were. 
Um, but th- this is really a classic Hallmark Walt and Jesse episode. And I think uh, in the RV specifically, Jesse's just, he's just got the edge on Walt a little bit. And it's his kind of vivacity. It's his uh, idiocy in some ways, his humor that keeps driving and propelling the entire RV sequence that takes up like the middle two thirds of the, the episode. So I will also go with my vote for Jesse. Yeah. And, and there are two other things I wanted to point out. Uh, one is that, uh, you know, this is sort of like a two hander. It's really just two characters, you know, back and forth for most of the episode. I mean, there are, as we mentioned, a couple other appearances from people, but this is also uh, semi what they might call a bottle episode. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but the idea is that, sometimes when a show goes over budget or when they are, you know, producing at a high level for most of the season, they have to have an episode in there where they don't spend a ton of money. And that what they do is that they have an episode that's contained to really one location. We're going to have a very famous version of this in this series. I think it's in season three. It might be in season four called the fly or the one, you know, I think, yes. you know, which oh, one I'm talking about. It's, it's so good. Yeah. So that is a true bottle episode. But this is almost like that because for the most part, it's just Jesse and Walt out in the desert and we're trying to figure out, they're trying to figure out what they can do to solve their problem. Um, So I thought that was an interesting thing. And the last thing I want to point out is that if you've seen El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie, there is a scene, a flashback scene where Walt appears and that scene with Walt and Jesse in El Camino takes place immediately after they get the RV started and drive away and then you know, picks up right there. So you kind of see what happened after they left the RV because in the episode, it just cuts to, you know, Walt getting his news from the oncologist. You also see in the, that El Camino scene what Walt would look like if his head was swollen because it's clearly <laughs> Brian Cranston wearing a bald wig yeah, over yeah. his actual hair. Yeah, they did the best they could, but <laughs> yeah. not, not, the, not the best overall. They, they did the best they wanted to do, but not the best they could. <laughs> exactly. Zach, did you find any intel on our oncologist so Before I did actually, up. yeah, his okay. name is David House. Okay. Sadly, he, he recently passed away. He passed away in oh, 2000, gosh. it looks like 2016. Oh, wow. Um, okay. which is, well, that's less yeah, fun. Yeah, unexpected. But he was in a fair amount of things, not a lot of things that we've seen. I mean, Breaking Bad is by far his, uh, his, biggest, uh, his biggest performance here. But he was in a TV movie called Seal Team 6, The Raid on Osama Bin Laden. He was in a TV series called Scoundrels, another called Easy Money. Uh, a TV movie called Hieroglyph. So lots of t- lots of movies made for TV and some kind of um, be real TV series, um, but nothing. So he definitely did something. Impressive. But he he, he went did on and did things, yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, I, so one thing I found says he's passed away, but I also see that he's credited in a TV series from 2018. So maybe even that huh. info is bad. He doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. That's how um, that's how little known he is. So it's possible that I just have bad information about his death. Hopefully wow. for his sake, but that's that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a sad note to end on, but yeah. this was a great episode to talk about, and we are excited to talk about our next episode, Season 2, Episode 10, next week. We will join you then. Zach, anything else on this one? That's it. For Breaking Pod, I'm Zach. And I'm Josh. Talk to you soon. <laughs>